Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Touch fucking minion, though. Welcome to the party, pal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Roker Report Player Ratings Podcast. It's me, Jimmy Lost, in the hot seat today, and I'm amazed that I'm I'm talking to you after a defeat in Lee Johnson's first game in charge of Sunderland to Wigan Athletic, bottom of the league of all clubs going into today's fixtures. To try and make sense of it all with me, I've got the interview maestro of Roker Report, Mr. Christopher Wynn with us. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Thanks for that introduction. Yeah, well, you've 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 earned your stripes over lockdown. You've earned your stripes this year for sure. And also joining me is one of our tactics writers. It's Philip. How are you doing? I'm slightly worse than I was just under two and a half hours ago. But apart from that, I'm good. It really hasn't sunk in. I'm I'm really still in a total state of shock. I mean, Chris, how how are you feeling? We're recording about twenty minutes after full time whistle's gone. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm not angry like you said. Um, I think similar to what you described where there's no anger yet. I think because he's had a couple hours in the job and it looked pretty much what we've seen all season. They got a goal, which some teams haven't done against us and they got a goal and were able to, to defend it. But I mean, in terms of kind of our style of play, I think a lot of the players were still locked into Parky Ball. So it just... I think it's shown everybody how much work Lee Johnson's got to do with, with the team. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great point. I mean, it is just still death by crossing. It's cross after cross <laughs> after cross. Did you see that stat, Jimmy, after the game, just on that? It was uh, successful crosses, apparently, from the start I saw. It was six out of 47. 47's a hell of a lot. That's a hell yeah. of a lot. I mean... But what 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 did you see? How how much of this do you think is is the players being preconditioned to play old school football? How much is personnel? What did you make of it? Um, to be honest, I think it was a Phil Parkinson team, but in a different formation in many ways. I think he's sort of gone in there. He hasn't had a training session, and he's went look. Which are my most experienced players? Who I can say you're playing right wing, you're playing left wing, and they basically know roughly what to do. But other than that, it was basically a Phil Parkinson team. I think it's probably not that much different from the team. Uh, Phil Parkinson actually played in his first game. Uh, he went sort of 4-3-3 three, three and did a similar thing and also uh, got beat. And it's nothing's changed, really. Mm. There's there's so many questions I want to ask. The search I want to go into. <laughs> We've got the whole Jack Ross dilemma of Cam Maguire and McGeady play together but sadly the Bromley brothers are going to be covering that tomorrow and we've got to give quick fire player ratings I'll give you a nice easy one to start Chris Lee Burgeon goal didn't really have a lot to do did he 
No, he had no chance with a goal. Didn't really have anything else. There was quite a lot of... First half, they had a few corners. He flapped at a couple of them. Didn't quite kind of make a couple of them that he that he came out for. So for that reason, I, I, I kind of dropped him down to a five, but but not for the goal. I don't think he stood a chance of the goal. It was a, it was a brilliant finish, by the way, from, from the young lad, Joseph. Looks a player, him as well. Mm. Any disagreement? Yeah, I pretty much agree with what you said. I've, I've been a bit more generous and given him a six, but, you know, I couldn't do anything about the goal. And other than that, he was pretty quiet. I gave him a six as well on the rating. So I'll throw it straight back to you for what, what do you do with Colin McLaughlin? I actually did exactly the same. I gave him a six as well, I think. It's quite hard with McLaughlin because I don't think he was great trying to overlap Maguire. I think he's probably he'll be much better if sort of Gucci or, or Diamonds playing in front of him and he can kind of play a bit more conservative. But I think as far as Conor McLaughlin's performances go, I think that's about as good as it gets. Pretty solid. Give him a six. Yeah, I had him, I had him down as a, as a five. I thought early on, and it's funny because it, it's going to be a repeating pattern, I think, in my comments that I've got for pretty much all of the players, <laughs> bar, bar one or two, that first 10, 15 minutes, I thought McLaughlin actually started to, you know, he really started to go on the overlap. He looked lively. He looked like he, he wanted the ball. He showed for it. And then after about 10, 15 minutes, it just kind of died off. It just, um, I don't know what happened. It's just like a, a switch flick. And yeah, I mean, it was a, after that, I mean, it was a kind of a typical McLaughlin performance in terms of defending, but he didn't really make any effort to get forward, which was weird because I thought I was really encouraged early on. I thought, oh, McLaughlin's given it a go here. And then after that, he got a bit sloppy and gave the ball away a couple of times. So, so yeah, I had him down as a five. I actually put in the official ratings, which are up live right now on Roker Report. The official, the official rating. The official I know that's that. that I, <laughs> I said that, and I saw your reaction, Chris. And I was like, oh no, I've, I've overstepped the mark here. I'm definitely going to regret that one. Um, but yeah, no. Um, in the in the ratings for the site, I, I gave him a four, but I pretty much said the same thing. Started the game really well because he he is he's a, he's a good technical footballer. Like when he gets the ball. He, he's got an all right first touch, but yeah, old bad habits, balls into the channel to no one, bad passes that don't come off. And yeah, just, just like you mentioned, Chris, general sloppiness that infected the whole team. Yeah, lazy crossing as well, which uh, I'm sure we'll come back to. Bailey Wright then, Chris, what what you do for him? <laughs> Bailey Wright, I had, I had Bailey Wright and I feel really harsh, but I mean, essentially Bailey Wright lost us the game. I, I mean, I had him, I've got him and I feel really bad for doing it because I, I think Bailey Wright's been one of our best players but and I was trying to think if it was Flanagan you know how harsh would I be because because it was mm. Flan, you know and, and it might be a ridiculous way of thinking about it but I had Bailey right down as a focus basically he essentially lost us the game with that with that error on the edge of the box and he didn't have it too much to do but a couple of times he just looked awkward on the ball and I don't know I don't know what it was with, with him today. There was something not quite right about him, especially when he, he he was facing his own goal. A couple of times, I just felt a bit uncomfortable with him when he was kind of uh, being closed down when he was going towards our own goal. And I thought something's going to happen every time he did it. Um, and he and he just seemed to think he had acres of time and space on the edge of the box, which you, you don't often do when you when you're in those sort of positions. And it, it's a bit of an uncharacteristic one for for Bailey Wright. So. Unfortunately, I, I think he's been great this season, but he lost us. He, he kind of, well, I'm going to say he cost us a point because I don't think we would have scored. Um, but yeah, I had him down as a four today. Exactly the same. I've gone for a four as well. I think just like Chris says, he's he's made the mistake for the only goal of the game. And like Burge, he's been pretty untested for the rest of it, I'd say. I had him as a five, but but similar. I already regret not giving him a four. 
I did I did flag up that he's giving off Wes Brown vibes to me now in the sense that you watch him play and you're like, this guy's really good. This guy's good at everything. This guy's great. And then all of a sudden you have a spasm and it, it costs you a goal. And you're like, what? Like, where did that come from? It, he looks so comfortable. And then all of a sudden it's like, what are you doing? But yeah, no, he passed not as good as usual. Bit lightweight. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, he played in the four today and he's looked really comfortable with two centre-halves either side of him. And it'll be interesting that if we do move forward with the four, how he translates his form in the early part of the season in a three in, into that four. So that might be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, no, you're kind of wondering he was so good in the early games. What's the catch? Why, why is he at Sunderland? Why is he in League One? And I think a lot of people pointed to his injury record, but maybe there's a lack of athleticism there. Maybe there's a lack of pace and maybe that's going to be something to watch over the coming games. Because it's three games in a row now where he's cost us a goal in really, really weird circumstances. So it's... It's it's a growing issue. Um, Philip, I'll throw it to you with Tom Flanagan. Yeah, I've got I've gone for a five for Tom Flanagan. I think um, not that he made any major mistakes, but I just hate it whenever anyone's running at them. I think especially in the first half, I think we look quite open, and every time someone ran at Tom Flanagan, I just thought goal or you know something's going to happen. I think that's not really a great quality to have in a centre half, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I don't know whether it was um, the change in the system or what, but I I, I completely agree, Phil. I mean, I had. A, I had him down as a as a five as well, but I just think every time they they seem to try and hit us on the break, we just looked a bit flaky at the back, and you thought they, they've got half a chance. Every time they got near, you know, within kind of twenty twenty five yards of our box, you just thought that there's gaps and the space is opening up. I'm just hoping those gaps kind of close up. Um, the longer that they, if we're going to stick with the four, then I think Lee Johnson needs to get on the training ground again because these have had twelve months of, of Phil Parkinson drilling the back three system into them. So I just hope it's a case of time to to kind of, um, yeah, get used to it. Yeah, I don't have a lot to add on Flanagan, really. I, I gave him a six. I've, I've been accused of being too harsh on him in the past. Maybe I've been too kind this time, but <laughs> I don't feel strongly enough about it to argue the case. So I'll move straight on to Denver Hume. Only played for 30 minutes today before he got injured, Chris, but what do you make of those 30 minutes? I was really encouraged earlier on. I know there's a, there was a few comments who were saying people were disappointed with him, but I thought at first 15 minutes, and again, I said earlier, I think it was you could maybe put the whole team in, into this bracket, but first 15 minutes, I thought um, the link up with McGeady down the left-hand side, I thought we could really have something here. I thought that they looked like they were on the same wavelength, they were playing each other in. I, I think even McGeady came back, and I think he enjoyed, because he hasn't, probably hasn't played for with Denver Hume for quite a while. So I think Denver Hume's actually, his game's come on since since McGeady was uh, was last in, in the setup. And I just think that they kind of clicked and uh, uh, and I know he went off injured. But again, after the first 15 minutes, Denver Hume and the whole team started to fade. So the tempo kind of dropped, uh, which was unfortunate. But um, but there's encouraging signs. Um, unfortunately, we'll have to see how bad this, this hamstring injury is. Philip, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, pretty similar. I've given I've given him a six. He played half an hour. That's just about average. The link up between McGeady and Hume's really interesting because I think he does Hume did get exposed quite a bit when Jack Ross was the manager. Um, but I think there's a couple of things there. Is one McGeady leaving him exposed also gives Hume loads of freedom to just have the the run of the left hand side, and also he's just played sort of twelve months as a wing back on his own on the left. So he's he's. Like Chris says, his his game has definitely come on since um since Aidan McGeady's played in front of him, and I think that should be a good partnership going forward. 
I think I forgot to say actually, I, I gave him a six as well. I think I forgot <laughs> to say what mark I gave him. <laughs> I didn't clock that, so I'm glad you did, Chris. Um, yeah, six as well. I was I was hovering between a six and a five because he did he did run out of position just before their goal. I mean, it was was it Scoan that gave it away? It was someone else that gave it away in the build up, but then Hume kind of runs out and takes himself out of the game. But but yeah, no, like you said, I think you both nailed the main point is that Hume now should be a player who plays well with McGeady. Like McGeady, in a way, ended Reese James's Sunderland career because Reese <laughs> James had all this space and he had no idea what to do with it. A more dynamic player like Denver Hume should should thrive. He should really thrive in that area. And it's it's a real shame that maybe we're not going to see that for a few weeks. But McFadden's got some of the same qualities, so maybe he can kicking on improve from that we'll move on to the grant led bitter philip what did you make of his performance i thought he was really really exposed in the first half i think the way we played that 4-3-3 i think scowan and power were basically playing as two number 10s they were you know quite often i'd look up and they were both in the box at the same time the cross would be cleared and then it would be just grant led on his own um with his aging legs and you mm. know he was really exposed um but i think overall in the second half i think power played a little bit deeper um and I think he looked pretty solid. He also had a lovely ball into McGeady in the first half. I think his passing was good throughout. Um, so I've given him a six because overall he's generally pretty average. And his poor first half wasn't really his fault. It was more mm. to do with the other two midfielders. Chris, um, yeah. what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, it, I think it was, um, in a lot of ways, it was it was a typical kind of performance from Ledbetter sitting in front of, what well, a back four instead of a back three. But I think it was a similar role. To what he's been playing for most of the season, and and again, I'm going to repeat myself, but it was it was first 15 minutes he was playing two touch, and it was high tempo, and he was switching the play, and you could see that the options were there, and I don't know whether it was maybe the options um weren't there after that that opening period, or whether he stopped playing with that high tempo because it just faded out, um, and then after that, unfortunately, Ledbetter just moved the ball too slowly, um, uh, you know when when Wigan got their shape back. There was no, there was no quickness to it. The tempo didn't go up in the final third. Um, Ledbetter's balls, you know, you could kind of read them. I mean, we knew where he was going to pass it, kind of before Ledbetter did in 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 some in some cases. So, I mean, I had him down as a five just because I thought he he was dictating play, but he he wasn't doing it quick enough for us. Yeah, no, no, very very similar, Chris. Um, he was one of the last people to be knocked down to a five on on my scorecard. <laughs> it was. I think it was one crossfield ball that got cut out and I was like, oh, for God's sake, and just deleted the six <laughs> from the from the article. But um, yeah, you nailed it. I thought it was more egregious against Burton, the sort of slow-paced, led bit of walking the ball around, not playing with any tempo. But but yeah, no, I, I completely echo what you guys are saying. Chris, straight back to you, Max Power. What do you make of him? <sighs> Max Power, um, again, um, similar to Grand Ledbetter. I think it's, it's kind of, you know, it, it's a, repeat of what we've seen again in the early part of this season a lot of bluster a lot of kind of puff and puff um no end product um he just then had periods where he just completely went missing um there was periods of the game where i just thought well you know you forget that max power's playing and you don't know what he and, and again and, and i think this is one of the things lee johnson's going to sort out i mentioned it earlier in the season that max power doesn't seem to know what he is anymore um and he doesn't know whether he's this kind of ball playing midfielder to pick out passes. He doesn't know if he's this box to box getting late on the end of things. Um, so that's one thing that that Lee Johnson's going to have to sort out because um, a max power for me needs to get involved in the game more, more than he is. And I had him down as a five. Philip? 
Yeah, I had him as a five as well for pretty much exactly the same reasons. I, just, I don't know what he is. He doesn't know what he is. He's he's played pretty much every midfield role since he joined. Um, and to be honest, he's never actually reached the heights since before that first red card. Um, when he was when he was a box to box player, I think probably the goal he scored on during the week's probably the the best of Max Power. But I just think he can't really play alongside Scowan because I think that's kind of probably Scowan's best role as well. So I'd be probably picking one or the other and going for midfield too. To be honest, if we do shift to four four two, which it looks like Lee Johnson prefers. Yeah, no, I I think you've nailed it there. It it we know that he he wants to be Steven Gerrard. We know that he wants to. <laughs> But but Gerard came through in the age of four four two and is just it's it's harder. There's not many box box midfielders around. Does he score enough to justify? Yeah, and I think you've hit on a lot of the good points. I did give him a six in the player ratings. I don't know if I was feeling nice. I don't know if it was because I liked <laughs> some of his early passing. But but I, I I echo what you said. So spiritually, I'm with you. Even if uh, people might go see a six next to his name if they want to on the website. Um, <laughs> So that brings us on to the forwards. That brings us on to the man of the hour, actually, doesn't it? Mr. Aidan McGeady. Um, Chris, I'll let you go first on him. He came in and I thought he looked straight away our best attacking outlet. Um, I thought he he went straight into it. We we gave him the ball. He wanted it. He made himself available. He first ten minutes, I think. Um, first ten minutes, I think he put in about you know six or seven crosses in the first ten minutes. Uh, and and they were all kind of dinked in and looking looking quite dangerous, hoping somebody would get on the end of it. Not this kind of hope for hit and hope that we've been doing in terms of crosses and in, in uh, under, under Parkinson so far. I thought first ten minutes, I thought, oh, he would go. We're in for a good afternoon. He he might grab a couple and all this sort of stuff. Uh, he should have done better after twenty minutes. Good chance with his left foot in the box. Um, I I jumped up and cheered and scared my kids. Mm. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, that that kind of hit the side net, and I thought that was in. Should should have really done better there. Then he had a chance with about twenty five minutes left uh, with the keeper saved. Well, I think he was the only one who really took a shot, um, and he was the only one who looked like he wanted to take a shot. So I mean, nobody else seemed to want to score. He was the only one who looked kind of positive, and and uh, and, and that's what you. I mean, it just showed that's what you get from Aidan McGeady, and I had him as a six. Yep, I had him as a six as well. I, the best thing you can say about him is probably that he looked like Aidan McGeady, not. Aidan McGeady that hadn't played for a year. Mm. He kind of floats in and out the game a little bit. He kind of wanders about the pitch. But when he gets on the ball, when he gets his fullback one-on-one, he always looks dangerous. And he's going to have a shot from distance and he's probably going to get you know some evil eyes off forwards in better positions. But that's kind of what you put up with if you have him in the team because he will create stuff and he will score goals himself. So. Yeah, I I actually was, was, was a little bit more disappointed than you guys. I remember the poor giveaway which led to Kai Naismith trying to buy a penalty off Tom Flanagan. I think the big surprise for all of us there was Tom Flanagan didn't foul him like he did at Gillingham. He actually managed to avoid it. I Yeah, I had him as a four. I was I was wanting a bit more. I do echo your larger point about McGeady coming back in, about maybe him offering the creativity. I think Chris's point about having someone that actually wants to shoot is, is a valuable one. I think him and Maguire are the only ones who are able to create any space for themselves and Really, that's going to be a big thing going forward. Collins mentioned it in commentary as well. It's like shots in the box, it's balls into the box, it's playing into feet, it's trying to be a bit less obvious, a bit, a bit less predictable than we have been in the last few weeks. But yeah, we'll we'll move on to Chris Maguire and I'll let I'll let you go first on him, Philip. 
Uh, Chris Maguire, I've, I've gone for a five for Chris Maguire. Um, I think that actually might be a little bit generous, if I'm honest. Um, he's just, there's something about him at the minute that it's just, it's not right. He's not playing well. He seems under absolutely no pressure for his place. I think that's probably why he's not playing very well. I think he, he's the type of player who plays better when he gets dropped. Um, and I think he could do with being dropped, but he just sort of never really got in the game. Yeah, I mean, I'd echo that as well. I've got that he was busy opening twenty minutes again, but that that way I could apply that to at least half the team. Um, he really looked up for it though. He was chasing down. I know there was there was one um, period in the first uh, twenty minutes where the ball Wigan were knocking it around the back, and I think it went back to the keeper. And Maguire chased it for about must have been for about forty fifty yards. And I thought, oh, Maguire's really up for it today. But again, just just kind of reflecting the team, he just kind of faded and. A bit like Max Power, like I said, he just drifted out of the game slowly, and every time, every so often, he popped up with the ball. He tried a couple of back heels, which didn't come off, and his head just kind of dropped, and he just he just went missing. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I had him as a yeah, I had him as a five, which I thought I was being quite kind of generous with that, to be honest. I was I was more ruthless than both you. I went for and the the other the only other thing I'd add is 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 the crossing and decision making in the first twenty minutes. He he got the ball in a lot of good areas and it was overhit crosses. It was trying to cut back in. It was not releasing the pass quickly enough. He yeah he, he annoyed me a lot because even when we were playing well, he was the individual that kind of held us back a bit. We'll move quickly on to Josh Scott and I'll I'll let you go first on him, Chris. Uh yeah again um I, and I thought the last couple of games he's had in that position which looks like kind of an inside right position um which is further forward than Ledbetter although it seems later in the game he came back and played alongside Ledbetter which I thought was weird because early on I thought he was making some half decent runs he looked energetic he was getting forward um again similar similar to what I've said he he then kind of uh, didn't get the ball for periods didn't go looking for it and then ended up alongside Ledbetter when we needed a goal. And I don't know whether that was by instruction or whether he just did that naturally. Um, but but that that was a bit odd. But um, yeah, and another five for Scowen purely because of that opening period where I thought he looked half decent, but uh, disappeared after that. Philip, um, much to add on Scowen? Yeah, not really. I've given I've given him a six because I don't think he was any worse than Ledbetter, who I've also given a six. But he was also unlucky not to score with a, with that header that mm. the keeper did well to tip over. Yeah, no, there's there's a wider conversation to be had about him and his best position, and all that. But we're we're short on time. I gave him a four. We'll move on to Mister Will Grigg. Um, what do you make of him, Philip? Um, another six from me. I think we're given a lot of sixes. I think that sort of sums up the performance. It's pretty sort of average, I suppose. Um, I think he was really seemed really lively in the first half. I think he he was in particular pressed really well in those sort of first fifteen twenty minutes. But he never really had a clear chance, and he was very quiet before he got taken off in the second half. Mm. Chris? Yeah, I've got, uh, and again, I feel like I've been slightly generous, but I've given him a, I've given him a five, and that's purely based on, on effort, I think, because he looked like he really wanted it. Um, He looked like he went, he was going to go for the ball. He looked like he, he, he was making the runs. He ended up coming towards the ball too much because he was almost trying too hard, which really kind of miffed me off because I wanted him to run in the, the opposite direction. Um. Uh, so I've gi- I've given him a five, but nothing stuck to him. I mean, he w- he was poor generally when the ball was played into him, but I just I just gave him a five because you could just see he really wanted it. Yeah, fair enough. I've I've I wasn't expecting this actually. It's it's normally the other way around, but I've 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 gone for um the substitutes. Like we we made four of them. I'm struggling to remember much noteworthy that any of them did. Is there anyone who stood out to you, Philip? I'd say 
Diamond was a better option on the right than Maguire, if not really by him doing much, but just by being a proper winger in front of uh, Conor McLaughlin. I think McFadden's a down, a, quite a big downgrade off Hume uh, based on this performance as well. He just doesn't have the the directness that uh, that Hume has. Yeah, and I'd, I'd maybe mention just Danny Graham and the fact that he came on with with twenty odd minutes to go, um, and he looked like he'd already played. 70 minutes <laughs> like like will greg was more mobile than a fresh danny graham you know even though will greg had played 70 minutes i mean why why not play two of them up front and get two of them up top i mean it just it, yeah i mean we'll, we'll see i mean hopefully it was a case that lee johnson was maybe being advised by others <laughs> but we'll, we'll see yeah yeah these yeah danny graham's danny graham I'm, I'm sick of seeing him fall over i wasn't expecting him to fall over as much <laughs> as he did and he's yeah he's, he's not a fan um quickly man of the match um who do you go for chris um wow that's a tough one um I'd, I'd go McGeady. He was my sixth that I think I had, and Hume is a six, but he only played half an hour. So McGeady was the only one who looked like he was going to do anything for us. So I'd have McGeady. Philip? I'd say they're all, there's a lot of players who are pretty average. I'd probably say maybe Scowan because he nearly got on the end of that one in the box, but could be anyone really. Yeah, it, it. I was having a panic at 70 minutes when I realised I hadn't wrote anyone down as a man of the match, <laughs> and it was like, I have no idea what to do with this. Um, <laughs> well, you threw me there because I, I, I hadn't thought about man of the match at all because we were that poor. I just, well, you know, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Maybe the fourth time this season, it's, it's happened way more than I expected to this season, where I'm just like, oh my God, I've got to put a name here. And whoever I put here, they're, they're not deserving. I, I went power. I, I, I can't defend it. I don't have any reason for it. No one was that good. But but power's up there on the site, and that's that. Boys, Pin the tail on the donkey. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Boys, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. The full recap and the full breakdown on everything Sunderland will be with you at some point early next week. Thanks everyone for tuning in and guys, enjoy the rest of your evening. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.